Listen to find out what it takes to grow a business to £5 million a year in sales. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you here. In today's episode, I am chatting with an inspiring business owner who turned something she made for herself into a £5 million a year business. Pretty cool, eh? Um, We'll be talking about the sustainable nature that sits within the business. We'll be talking about balancing pure sustainable practices with less sustainable practices to have more of an impact. We will be talking about why customer service and customer experience are so essential and how to do those. We'll also be talking about evolving a brand from one idea to multiple products and how you tweak the message you use to sell as the years roll by. Um, A lot of really interesting thought-provoking discussions coming up. So before we get into that though, please do check out our sponsors. Getting an online business off the ground is not easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to-do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember, great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Klaviyo is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Once you set up a free Klaviyo account, you can start sending beautiful branded messages in minutes, thanks to drag and drop design templates and built-in guidance. And with e-commerce specific recommendations and insights, you can keep growing your business as you go. Get started with a free account at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. And now to introduce today's special guest. Helen Rankin is the founder and general dog's body at Cheeky Wipes, a simple reusables brand who've been leading the charge since 2008, selling reusable baby wipes, period products, nappies, and more. They're now a multi-award winning business with 35 staff and sales of over £5 million a year. Hello, Helen. Hello, Chloe. Delighted to be here. It's great to have you here to talk about... Such a successful business that's been so ahead of its time and achieved so many great things. So how how on earth back in 2008 did you end up creating a sustainable brand when I don't think the word sustainable was even used in e-commerce? No, it, it absolutely wasn't. And it was... Um... It was very definitely necessity is the mother of invention. So scroll back a few years before that and I, I worked in marketing. I had my first child I was doing a commute of four hours, staying overnight, leaving my like baby son behind. And I set up um, my first company, which sort of got me rolling on the entrepreneurship journey. Uh, and that was all about Polaroid guest books randomly. Wow. Uh, and I had a, li- a great little business uh, selling Polaroid guest books for weddings. And then Polaroid decided that they were going to wrap up production of Polaroid cameras and I found myself needing something else and I'd been using reusable wipes since the birth of my first son so I'd been using them for three years and the reason I used them in the first place is because I've got eczema I've had eczema since I was 
five years old, never quite grew out of it like doctors said I would grow out of it. And I'd been using cloth nappies with my son and thought, well, I'll use cloth wipes. I'll give that a go. I cut up an old towel and within about three weeks, it, it looked like a rag you would wash the car with. But <laughs> but from that idea, uh, Cheeky Wipes, the concept of Cheeky Wipes was born. And it was when my second son was born a few years later, as I was winding down the other business, I thought, there's an opportunity to do something with these reusable wipes. Lots of my friends didn't use cloth nappies, but they. But I thought maybe I can make reusable wipes easy for them. And yeah, Cheeky Wipes was then born. I was 37 weeks pregnant with baby number three when we launched. Crikey. So, so it was all, so in the very beginning, it was more about being kind to your own skin and doing making it easy for you than it was about the the eco factor, I suppose. The eco and the money saving were really nice little Brucey bonuses. So for, from my perspective, it was I need I need to know what I'm putting on my skin. I want it to be easy. And yeah, the fact that I save money and it's great for the environment or, you know, sort of brilliant so that whole package is what worked for me and that's why I thought I could make it attractive to lots of different you know pots of consumers and obviously now you've expanded into quite a few more products but still keeping that reusable piece of cloth to make some form of personal hygiene better I suppose would be the 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 vague category in which you're in how long was it until you launched the first or the second product, I suppose. How long did you stick purely with the baby wipes? The wipes were probably th- about four years. And then the next product we launched after that was uh, reusable sanitary pads. Um, and they went really well. Uh, and that, again, was, you know, I've had four kids by this stage. Tampons are no longer my friend. And and just just let me put this out here, Chloe. I have very few boundaries. We talk about pee poo periods <laughs> all day long I'm probably going to overshare so just you know prepare yourself for that so yeah I'd have four kids tampons were no longer my friend I tried a, a menstrual cup again it just wasn't working for me so I needed something that worked for me and that's how the the cloth sanitary pads came about and then a couple more years after that you know it was like the reusable makeup removal pads and period pants which are not you know, my favourite thing in the whole world, game changers. They are amazing, aren't they? Just, I'm just going to continue the oversharing here. Period pants, ladies, you need some of those. Life so much easier. So much easier. And it's good for the environment as well, which I always, I often think is one of the best things about anything that's good for the environment is if it's actually better anyway. Yeah. And that's the thing about our wipes as well. They're great for the environment, but they save you money and they're really easy to use and you know what you're putting on your baby's skin and that whole package for me is just it's not you know some if sustainable products are hard people aren't going to want to use them or if they cost more money overall then you know it's tricky but that, I think that's where our products fall in they're really nice you know they tick lots of boxes. It's my uh, my partner about a decade ago did a degree in sustainable business wow. sustainability yeah and in their very first lecture, the lecturer said to them, 
what is sustainable business? What's the key things about sustainable business? And all the kind of the eco people in the room are coming up with all these these various suggestions. And the lecturer went, no, it has to be profitable. And you know, he said you could see half the room just deflated because they thought the profit wasn't important, but actually it's got to be profitable. And I think that's exactly the same when we come to consumers is it has to be the best product option out there. It has to be, be a better solution Otherwise, you know, the majority of consumers aren't going to take a pain point. And I think it, it's, it's interesting that as we see more and more people adopt it, more and more consumers adopting use of sustainable products, it's because it's easy and actually, oh my word, it's easier than the alternative was. How have I not known about this for so long? Um, is that what you find with your customers? Yeah, absolutely. And you just mentioned something that's super important to me. We um, we get a lot of our products. We have partners in China and Pakistan um, because we can't get them made in the UK at a price point that consumers are willing to pay. And for me, I want to get my products out to more people and have more people choose reusable at a price point that is affordable rather than just, you know, the well-heeled, bowden-wearing yummy mummies of the world you know I think that's really really important and you know we take we take a little bit of flack sometimes about oh you get your products made in China yeah but I've been to that factory in China I know the two sisters that run it you know I've been to a family wedding in Pakistan you know we we visit them all we've got really good relationships we've worked with them all for a long time I'll absolutely I'll stand up for that any any day of the week because I know where they're being made it's transparent but it's it allows me to pitch my products at a price point that is achievable. That's really important. That's a lot of where we're at right now with the move to sustainability, I think, is we're all making, you know, it's all a balancing act. There, Yes, when you're, when you're bringing it in from Pakistan, et cetera, and China, there is more carbon in that journey. But if that means you can have it at that price point, which means you can double or triple or quadruple the consumers for whom it's relevant to, the end impact is greater, both in terms of the actual product and what it's saving from landfill because of the alternatives, but also because of the mindset shift it creates in those consumers, which will make them more open to other products. Absolutely. I think a lot of people are, especially those who've got a business which didn't start out sustainable, are out there thinking, we've got to be perfect before we can talk about it. We can't talk about the bits that we're doing. But you have to start somewhere, don't you? Absolutely. And we don't get stuff right all the time either. And, you know, I'm always really willing to admit that. It's really, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because there's things like uh, packaging. So, we always try and be as sustainable as possible with our packaging. And at one point we were doing, oh, biodegradable, biodegradable, she says with quotation marks, <laughs> biodegradable packaging. And then somebody pointed out that it was only biodegradable if it was biodegraded in a compost heap. So if you put it in landfill, it did nothing. And we, you know, we'd been sort of sold on the marketing spin on it. And it was like, actually, yeah, you're, you're right. So now we use really strong, heavy paper bags instead of any sort of plastic and things. So it's, it's a learning journey. But, you know, we, we admit it when we get things wrong. And I think that's super important as well. Is that yeah, the transparency is almost more important than perfection? Oh, God, is, yeah. 
is yeah. more important. It's not even, it's yeah. is more important than perfection. Yeah. So before we go, because I'm, I'm about to get ranty about um, <laughs> sustainability and nobody needs that at the minute. I've already got a bit ranty. So mm. rather than, than us, us both kind of go off on that, that angle, let's just bottom off um, where the business is at the moment. So you're based in the UK and are you selling purely UK only or are you selling globally? No, we sell globally. So we've got a, a great distributor in uh, Australia, cheekywipes.com.au. They sell most of our products. And we've got quite a lot of retailers in the EU, uh, which has been an interesting transit with Brexit. Very interesting, not in a good way. Actually, they're doing really well. And we've spent the last year sorting out those Brexit issues where we can now actually get goods to our retailers. But yeah, so throughout Europe and and Australia, we're definitely not going down the Brexit. Yeah, no, <laughs> Brexit no, because no. that's a whole podcast series. Uh, yeah, in and of agreed. Yeah, um, and what platform are you selling it all via? You want a Shopify, a Magento, or something else? It's a, a system called Blue Park. Uh, it's been super reliable. It's Magento based, but the the team there. I mean, we've been there for eight or nine years and in that eight or nine years I think we've had 24 hours of downtime which is pretty good and that was a long time ago so yeah they've they've been great and really responsive and we can generally integrate anything that we want with it it might take a little bit of fiddling but it's great yeah yeah if it isn't broke why yeah. spend time fixing it? Because let's yeah, face it, a replatforming project is never never easy. No. Um, and what, what does your team look like? I mentioned that there's 35 of you now. Are you doing everything apart from manufacturing house? Are you outsourcing anything? How do you structure that team? So my sort of right-hand people are ladies that I've known for a long time. In fact, one of them, we had our 20 one-year friendversary the other day and we know that it's a friendversary because we met on the same day that she met her husband um and joe came it was along. a good day it was a good day <laughs> yeah she came along to help at the baby shows and then somehow i picked up customer service and you know seven years later she and i has a team of four who report into her and it's not just customer service it's customer experience and she manages our trust pilot reviews and our customer referral programs and she does lots of stuff she's great and um another again very old friend now um we met when our kids were at primary school together and claire now does product development um she manages the the warehouse as well so they're my sort of right hand people then we've got the sort of marketing team social media there's a couple of guys that do that shout out daisy and ness and we've got the warehouse team. So that 35 strong team is quite a lot of part-timers in there who, you know, there's quite a lot of us have got kids and we get them into the warehouse at the weekends. Um, but yeah, there's it, it, it's, we've got a really good team and, and that helps. And people who can call me out and aren't afraid to push back because I have a little bit of a tendency to steamroller. So I need people who can be honest and push back to me. It's quite hard to find people who are willing to do that if you're seen as strong. Yeah. It's 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 a weird skill to try and hire for, but essential. Yeah, absolutely. 
you know, obviously you've grown the business very successfully, you know, since you launched it in 2008. I, I would say definitely one of those that we've already kind of touched on is that, you know, you you stuck with the one product for four years. Because I, I seem to come across a lot of startups who have a brilliant product idea, but then then launch another eight in the first year, yeah. which I think can potentially confuses customers. Are you glad you stuck with that single product for the first four years? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, so there was our all-in-one wipes kit, which has got everything you need to make switching to reusable wipes easy. So, you know, that in itself is clean box, dirty box, wipes, essential oils, travel bags. So it was more that we stuck with that category for four years. So, you know, we added in different sorts of wipes. We added in, you know, different wet bags and and things. But, yeah, we stuck with that category because that was what we were trying to, to grow and it, it's funny now, you know, 2008, we were in such a different place. We used to go to exhibitions and be saying to people, oh, they're reusable wet wipes. And they'd look at you like you were on drugs or something. They'd be like, what? <laughs> you you wipe your baby's bum and then you put them in the washing machine? Are you like, are you crazy? It's so refreshing to fast forward, you know, to where we are now and people are more opened a conversation about reusables I, I, I still think there's a, a perception that reusables are difficult or can be difficult but we're certainly in a very different place but yeah you know at that time back in 2008 focusing on one product category was the right thing to do and and it, it's been good that our product range has sort of grown organically that that works really well for us that difference in messaging that worked from 2008 to now, is that something you you as a business consciously keep an eye on to work out whether, I think earlier we mentioned that it's, you know, the the great, uh, the impact on your skin, so it's kind to your skin, the reusable quality, the fact it works really well, the fact it's cheaper. Those are four very big potential messages to be getting across to the customers. I guess what I'm trying to say is how do you work out which one's the right one to put front and center with any customer segment? I think it's not about the macro environment. So, you know, two years ago, COVID, lockdown, um, war on plastic, the plastic pollution, reusable, eco was really, really front and central. Uh, I think we touched on this earlier just before we started the recording, but the we're looking at, re, at, at changing our positioning to focus more on the money saving because things are going to get tight. You know, we've seen spiraling energy costs here in the UK, and I think that's being reflected. It's not just here. I think that that's across the, the globe. Spiraling energy costs, you know, the whole Russia-Ukraine thing, we're expecting diesel to potentially go to three pounds a, a liter, which is crazy. That's going to, you know, potentially bring in rationing. That is going to really, really be focusing people on where they're spending their pennies and getting across that. It, I was talking about it just before this this show, actually, that you can get a, a year's worth of reusable wipes for forty quid compared to this mountain of chuck away disposable wipes, which you're going to be spending, you know, two quid a week on. It's a it's hundred quid easily in a year. So, you know, it's money saving. So, yeah, it, it more depends on the macro environment rather than potentially customer segment. But, you know, when they arrive on the website, it's about customer segment. But that sort of positioning is, is more about what's going on in the world at, at large. So it's less about changing the conversation, more reacting to how the conversation is changing with the consumers. Absolutely. Yeah. Which I guess makes it 
crucial for, you know, you said your customer service team are also the customer experience team, which I thought was a really nice take on it because I think often, often people just think, oh yeah, once you've got a customer service team, people just kind of think out of sight, out of mind, but there's actually an awful lot more to it, especially when you're selling a product, which changes how people do something, I suppose. Yeah. So is the customer service team, I guess, a key sales channel for you? Absolutely. I was about to say something sweary there, but I won't. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) They really are. We have a number of of questionnaires on our website. We've we've got one period questionnaire. We've got a cloth wipes questionnaire where people can come to the website. They answer some questions. I think it's about 10. And we will give them a tailored response as to what they need to help them make the switch to reusable period protection or to make the switch to reusable wipes. Because even though people talk about them more now, there is still that, oh, really? How does that work? Well, what do you do when you're out for the day? How, do, how does reusable period protection work? What do you do with your dirty soil pads or pants? And again, the team are, are you know, we we overshare. We say, well, this is how it works for us. You know, some of us are perimenopausal with all the joys that, you know, come with that and we talk about clots and flooding and oh god knows what <laughs> but by being authentic in sharing that it really makes customers feel listened to you know i think they complete the questionnaire thinking they're going to get like a, a bot response and instead they've got an actual person who uses the products themselves knows what they're talking about and will answer any question that you can ask them on and so yeah they're they're they are actually as a sales part of the the organization not just responding to you know when somebody doesn't get their item or you know the postman throws it in a tree or whatever and you've also i noticed on the blog you've got quite a few customers talking about how they've started using their products and the difference that's made to their lives and you've also got pretty central on the website i refer a friend you've got cheeky champions your homegrown influencer piece it strikes me you're you're kind of leveraging the humanity of it or be that your own team's stories or be that the customer's stories to grow the business. From looking at the website, it looks like that's quite a critical marketing strategy, is it? Absolutely. I Our Trustpilot review, so go to trustpilot.com, look at Cheeky Wipes, they speak for themselves. I, you know, we we literally, we look at the good ones and the bad ones and we share them and we talk about them because, you know, the, the critical ones are, if something goes wrong, it is your best opportunity to turn that complaint into a customer advocate. Because if somebody buys something online and it arrives within the time frame and the item works, they think, oh, great. They don't bother writing a review. If someone has something go wrong or something not work for them and they contact the company and the company fixes it, you have a massive opportunity to turn that customer into an advocate. It goes, oh my God, yeah, oh, this went wrong, but they were so good sorting it out. It And it's almost tempting to have stuff go wrong so that you can create those customer advocates. It's mental. But yeah, our, you know, we, we really take pride in our uh, what customers say about us. And I'm I'm always, you know, writing pieces of content for the website and, you know, referring back to what actual customers say. Because I think it that's the emotive response that will connect with somebody who's browsed on your website and say, oh, yeah, I that's something that would fix a problem for me or yeah I was wondering how that would work and this person's just said that you know that 
that solved it for them. So, yeah, it's, it's so important. And the the kind of the active way in which you're turning happy customers into, I guess, homegrown influencers is something I see a lot of brands talking about, but not actually going as far as in enacting. So has that been a good a good channel for getting new customers for you? I think the reviews work really well for us. We could definitely do more in the influencer space. We had a we had a cra- last January we had a, a an Insta influencer, part time working mummy, who had bought our period pants, loved them, did a whole story about how she found them, answered all everybody's questions. It wasn't paid for content; it was genuine, authentic. And it blew us out of the water for about a month. It was amazing. And I think that's the thing with with influencers, for, for us anyway, it has to have that authenticity and integrity. You know, we don't want to go out to some Towie or, you know, made in Chelsea influencer who's gotten no clue. You know, that's that's not that's not us. We want to find even skeptics, people who are like, really? You, want me to try reusable wipes yeah we do and you know what we guarantee you're going to love them and we guarantee you'll tell people about them we want to that authenticity and integrity is really important for us e-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector here's a reminder of who they are bright pearl by sage provides a retail operating system for retailers and wholesalers their mission is clear Automate the back office so you can spend your time and money growing your business fearlessly and without limitations. Their built-for-retail features tick every box, including inventory management, order management, warehousing, fulfilment, shipping, purchasing, accounting and even retail business intelligence. All enabling easy automation to free up your time to focus on growth. Find out more and book a demo at ecmp.info forward slash brightpearl. That's ecmp for e-commerce master plan dot info forward slash brightpearl. To put you, do you dread the monthly board meeting when you have to explain which of your marketing channels is delivering the best ROAS? Sweet Analytics is a customer data platform which makes sense of data chaos. They bring your customer and marketing data from online and offline sales into one platform, allowing you to compare like with like. You can then use the meaningful insights you gain from Sweet Analytics to allocate marketing budgets, invest in the most effective channels and drive growth. Join hundreds of other SMEs like you who are growing their businesses by accessing a deeper understanding of their customer and marketing attribution, unlocking their behaviour patterns and taking positive action. It is a platform built by retailers for retailers. Sign up for a free trial with Sweet Analytics and use your 28 days free access to understand how you can help your business to grow. Sign up at sweetanalytics.com forward slash master plan. That's S-W-W-T-A-N-A-L-Y-T-I-C-S dot com forward slash master plan your business forward it's time for the top tips round okay helen i love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our business to the next level so are you ready for the top tips i am okay the book top tip if everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take friday off and read a book to make their business better which book would you recommend 
the Harvard Business Review on strategy. Uh, there is a story about this because I um, I went on holiday with my kids, just me and the kids, for the first time about three years ago, four years ago. And at the Euro Tunnel, I picked up that book to read by the pool. And, um, you know, not my normal, you know, romantic, whatever, you know, fluff detective things I would normally read. But it absolutely inspired me to think, okay, this is where my business is. How could I, what more could I do? You know, my kids are a bit older. What opportunity is there? And it really was, it inspired me to go find a mentor and really start scaling my business up. So yeah, Harvard Business Review on strategy. I often think that amongst the entrepreneurial world, the Harvard Business Review content does not get enough recognition because it's just everything they put out is just so brilliant. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to second that tip. Uh, the e-commerce traffic top tip then, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Uh, for us, it's definitely social media. So people talking about things online, you know, recommendations for our sort of product are, are really key. So, I mean, it, it's not particularly new or even interesting, but it does work for us. So yeah. Excellent. Uh, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Hootsuite. Uh, just gone back to working with Hootsuite because their bulk upload of social media is just great. And they've tweaked it now that you can add in images and everything afterwards. And it just allows you to have a, a look at a week's worth of content and get a little bit more, well, do it quicker and easier. So yeah, Hootsuite. And you can look at the calendar and see what all scheduled and you can you can do everything in one place. So yeah, Hootsuite, definitely. An oldie but a goodie. Yeah. Um, then the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Fantastic customer service. Honestly, it, turning a complaint into an advocate who will then tell people about you, does your job for you. So yeah, focus on on getting that right. And don't, don't be afraid to get things wrong as well. But yeah, fantastic customer service. Excellent. Helen, it has been a pleasure chatting with you. Before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Absolutely. Cheekywipes.com for all our reusable wipes and cheekypants.com for our cloth sanitary pads, period pants and contact us on any, any of our social media channels as well, which are also Cheeky Wipes or Cheeky Pants. And we are always happy to chat pee, poo and periods. <laughs> all those lovely subjects. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, Helen, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. It's been fascinating hearing about your story and how you're managing those customers and all the reviews and all the other good stuff. So thank you so much for being on the show. You're welcome. It was really lovely. Thanks very much, Chloe. Lovely to meet you. Okay, before we get into my takeaways from this, what I should also let you all know is that Helen has set up a 20% discount for anyone who wants to try out the Cheeky Wipes products. Just use discount code MASTERPLAN to go and try out 
any of their products. So 20% off with the discount code masterplan at Cheeky Wipes. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Um, so my takeaways, there's, there's quite a few big things to take away from this. One, which I think is front and center is understanding how your mission and what you're trying to achieve with your business does not necessarily always have to be reflected in your number one marketing message. So one of the big pieces of the Cheeky Wipes brand and the Cheeky Wipes business is that they are looking to help consumers along that sustainability journey and to to use a better product. But if over the coming months, the key message needs to be about cost saving, that's the message that they're going to use. So, so long as the outcome is the one we want, then that's okay. I thought also that, you know, the 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 way in which she's very happy with those decisions she's making between what they're doing that is sustainable and what they're doing that is arguably less sustainable with the manufacturer overseas, that works for the greater good overall. And in our business, whether we're talking sustainability, whether we're talking cost, whether we're talking profit, whether we're talking who we choose to employ, there are always these balancing acts, these seesaws that we have to work out how we balance things to get the right and the best possible outcome, because none of this is black and white. It is a journey um, and we'll all get there eventually. We just need to to keep taking those steps and keep doing the things that we can to make our business better and to make our business do better. Also, lots of great stuff in there about looking after your customers and using the way in which you look after your customers to bring in new customers and to make your business better too. You can get your hands on our notes from today's show, including the top tips and links to what we've mentioned by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. There you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. If you liked this episode, then do check out episode 377, which is my chat with Jenny from Grove Collaborative, which is an American brand who are encouraging consumers to use sustainable home care and beauty care products. So quite similar in some ways to Cheeky Wipes, quite completely different in other ways to Cheeky Wipes. And it really builds on what we've been talking about today and it gets a lot more practical in the marketing sense as well. So if you want a bit more about the marketing piece, then do have a look, listen to episode 377 with Grove Collaborative. Thank you though for tuning into this and every episode that you do of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week to inspire and help e-commerce business owners like you to succeed and thrive with their businesses, including progressing along that path to net zero. So if you know someone this show can help, please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a great week and do not forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Clavio comes in. It's top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online store and tech stack. Request a demo at clavio.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-O.